The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Great to be here with you, Richard. Good to be with you, Darren. So I've got... uh, Pretty interesting one here. I think this will this will be. A, I've got no idea what you've got for me. <laughs> this so. is this is a, a deep point. I think I, I was really glad to see it. So this right. person says, um, um, jokes aside, is everything really predetermined? Like how we die, our life plan, people we meet, etc. And I thought this was a great. And they say, I want to know the truth. And I thought this was a great intro to kind of conversation about free will and destiny. Yeah. I think everyone thinks about you know whether it's all written or whether. I like we have the jokes aside. Yeah, <laughs> as if <laughs> tell as us the jokes. Come yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, as if like yeah. you know. But people do think about this, don't they? It's like, do we have agency, or is it all already written? And if it's and if it's already written, then what are we doing here? Yeah. So maybe we can start this conversation here about how we reconcile fate and free will. I think that's what. Yeah, it I had this. I, I had this thing once, which is your destiny is written, but you are the editor. All right. Yeah. 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 That's it. Isn't <laughs> but it? it's a bit more than the editor, actually. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, sorry, ask your question. No, I mean, that, that's yeah. it, isn't it? It's like, yeah. maybe, maybe the, what's the most helpful way to look at this, I guess? You know, people trying to reconcile this question about, you know, does it matter what I do in life? Do I really have a choice or is it already prede- predetermined in some way? Yeah. I mean, first of all, let's look at how we, how we are born. I'll tell you an interesting thing. It's slightly off topic. But I've found, it's just a finding that I've, I've come across, that people who are very spiritually inclined mm. will sometimes have a, an astrological sun sign, and it's only a sun sign and I'm no astrologer, Chrissy right. Blaze right, okay. would know about this, yeah. but that really doesn't suit their character at all. You know, they might be a, you know, say they might be a Leo and yet they're a very retiring, mm. you know, et cetera, or they might be... Um, you know, an Aries, and yet they're... Or they might be a Pisces, which is associated with a more emotional sort of mm. person, and they're not at all emotional, or you know, etc. And it's meant to... People take sun signs to determine character yeah. to a degree, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I've sort of come to the conclusion, it is relevant to this question, <laughs> that often a more advanced person, a person who's really taking to the spiritual path, will be more inclined to take uh, a testing path, a path mm. that they need as opposed, opposed to the, the path that really suits them. I you know, there used to be an old thing in the old days that you should choose the path that suits you. And mm. I may even talking in spiritual things. So if you're a more intellectually inclined person, yeah. you might take to the path of Nani yoga or wisdom. And if you're more of a psychically orientated person, it could be Raja yoga. Mm. And if you really are a person that relates to helping others, then you do Karma yoga, etc. Um, and now it's, that's no longer applicable. Mm. You take the path through which you can do the most good for others. Simple. What you believe is the path you can do the most good for others. Now, to come to your point, we're born, obviously, with certain lessons we need. And human beings very often try to avoid those lessons. I see, yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they aren't naturally, you know, of the disposition to be 
the way they're born, let's mm. say. Mm. And you can understand why with reincarnation, why that would be. But clearly they've chosen this to learn certain lessons. Most people don't look upon life as a learning no, experience. No, they look yeah, upon it as how can I be as happy as possible? Yeah, yeah. And quite commonly, they don't find that. Mm. Um, I've come across many people who have crises in their life of one kind or another. It could be mental health, could be physical health, could be something else. And through that crisis, they've told me uh, they have found their destiny. Yeah, okay. They were going down the wrong track. It's kind of stopped them in their track. It could even have been a breakdown in certain cases. These people have said this to me, yeah. and they've found a spirituality in their life. Yeah. Or even through some, you know, um, physical impairment, some Cape people have told me. It stopped them, and they then found what... And they're much happier thereafter. So, long-winded answer, but I would say if you can find what you are meant to do, mm. um, and then do it... Right, right, right. It really is choose well, stand fast, know God. Yeah, no, I think that's 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 great advice. I mean, um, I can definitely, um, you know, uh, you know, it might even see in my own life how there's certain experiences that you know consciously I wouldn't have wanted them mm. necessarily, but you know, obviously there's some deeper purpose to them which mm. has helped to bring about a certain realization or lesson. And you're right that you know we often try to avoid them, but then we of, we we also don't necessarily take the lesson whereas that could be the doorway to our future and our destiny yeah to 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 and that and that being the whole point of it in the first place but, but so maybe we can go back to like what so what happens before we're born then because you've talked about yeah. how we kind of there are certain lessons that we need right yeah. and, and so before we're born i mean is it, are we, are, is there like a life plan laid out for us or are there some yeah. choices that we make i what's mean what's going on there are people who i believe I won't say every life, but time and time again, you know, I'm not judging anyone because all of us have got lessons to learn and all of us have not learned the lessons through the lives that we mm. were meant to learn. Yeah, so let's yeah. put that out there. Yeah. But there are people who, you know, you can't always measure a person's evolution uh, by what state they're in now. Right. And by that I mean you can have a person who's like a perfectly respectable, decent person. They're not really making any massive changes to the world, uh, not much to even to the world around them, but at the same time they're on the right side of things, they're behaving honourably, decently, mm. and so on. And yet... You could have a person who's much worse than that, could be a criminal right now, could be a, you know, a, a badly behaved person right now, and yet is actually closer to mm. enlightenment mm. because they're capable of change. I see. Which comes to your, you know, we've got to allow ourselves to change. Yeah. Um, and you know, life is a changing ex experience. It's designed mm. you know, to take our chances. They're not by chance, but the chances that, you know, we yeah. have created for ourselves yeah. in order to change, take your chance to bring change. And it's all down to our choice. It's all ch ch change, chance, choice. <laughs> choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of you, what we do before we're born, mm. we determine at the soul level, and this is a key thing, the soul level, what experiences we need. And I'm afraid this treads on the toes 
of some people, certainly not all people, but maybe not most people, but some people's idea of parenthood, because oh, yeah. there are a lot of people who think, well, I created my children, or me and my partner. If it hadn't been for us, they wouldn't even exist. They would never have existed. They would never have had life. Mm. And that's the greatest thing that I could possibly do, and I've done it. Actually, wrong. Mm. They would have had life. You might have been the most wonderful parent, and that's a wonderful thing, and you yeah. might have helped them greatly, especially if you've guided them towards their true destiny, yeah. then that's a great thing. But they, if they hadn't found you, I'm sorry to say they would have found someone else. Sorry mm. for your, <laughs> your own sort mm -hmm. of feelings of possessiveness, mm -hmm. that they would have found somebody else. Mm. Uh, because the soul is looking for a certain series of experiences and... The soul isn't going to frame those, by the way. It's way above the, the as it were, inverted commas, the pay grade yeah. of even our souls. It, it's a, the, there are karmic lords, supreme lords of karma, actually, who frame the experience all life needs in this uh, solar system. And that's governed meticulously, and okay. it will happen. Mm. And so there are different ways that an individual can gain the essential experiences they need. But we'll be born with certain abilities, we'll be born with certain things lacking, right. depending what we need, um, and it's all framed carefully for us to learn. And, you know, I think that would be a great change if people could put, you know, their own happiness second right. and learning the lessons first. They'd actually be happier if yeah. they did that, strangely. Yeah, and I think one other thing I think that gives me a sense, sense of like, peace as well is that we were participants in that process of choosing the experiences yeah. and the lessons yeah. that we needed. Choosing our parents. Even choosing our parents, yeah. yeah. So it's like, no matter what you know, situation we find ourselves in now, it will always benefit us to look for the reason behind it, you know, no matter how difficult yeah. or trying, and there are obviously a lot of terrible situations out there. Yeah. But it's like, there is always a reason Behind it, ultimately. There is, no matter how hard, and it really, really is hard to see sometimes. Mm. The other thing I think that helps with that is to remember our longevity. Mm. I mean, we haven't been here for like a thousand years. We've been here for numerous millennia, yeah. millions of years yeah. evolving, and will continue to evolve. Yeah. Um, so, you know, although it's, it can be, a, there are terrible things that happen to people, they are in the total scheme of things, you know, a tiny blip in their total evolution, yeah. uh, you know, they may be terrible, then they are terrible. It's just yeah. things you can think, how could that ever be required by anybody? Yeah. You can understand that, and it's difficult to have faith. Some people, though, that I've come across again, who have very difficult uh, experiences to go through by finding it, by accepting that there's something in this they need, they mm. don't maybe know even what exactly, it's really helped them much more than, say, sympathy would help them. Because actually sympathy, even sincerely meant, can actually be debilitating to some people because mm. it just sort of increases the self-pity element sometimes. Yeah. If you can try and see, you know, a balance in a balanced way, uh, sort of a, a lesson here, a life lesson here, and some of them are terrible... But, you know, look at the people, though, who turn their adversities into advantages. You know, people who've had Control. drug and, and alcohol 
problems or they're recovering now and then they turn it to a great advantage to help other people right. with that same problem yeah. one could list off numerous examples yeah yeah I, I always think that's very inspiring when you see someone who's who's gone through a very difficult trial in their life they come out of it with some level of wisdom and experience yeah. that they can offer to people who are struggling in the same way and that's yeah. like the ultimate you know Mm. expression of learning that lesson and mm. transmuting it and sharing it with others to raise others as well. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, because we tend to think in a very sort of like punishment mentality, don't we? But the karma is not about that at all. And these experiences are not about that at all. No. It comes back to these lessons that are essential for our own growth and our own um, uh, growing in wisdom, really. Yeah. And like you say, you know, to see this, this life as just one in a series of millions of lives, even not just millions of years, it's like, all right, so we're, this is a journey that we're on. And yeah. this, this life is one, one little puzzle piece in this journey, helping me to grow in wisdom in this way. And it's all about our spiritual evolution into this total realization of our Yeah, and, we, and you know, we're lucky again to come back to our core teaching mm. on the Spiritual Freedom Show. With, you know, we're given the big signpost that we need, and, you know, bravery. And there are numerous ways to learn bravery. Mm. Um, one of them is to stand up for what you believe yeah. and to let people know what you believe, which can be very difficult, actually, with your closest people in our lives sometimes. Yeah. And then love, absolutely key, true love, right. not what people think love is, but right. real love. And service, of course. You know, if we get those three things, the first three freedoms mm -hmm. into our lives, and of course with service, it isn't even just giving service because there are numerous ways to serve, and that's very good. It's giving service in the most powerful way, effective way that we can give service. And I think there's a great quote actually from Albert Schweitzer, the great Albert Schweitzer. Oh, yeah. He says... Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't remember it word for word, but I don't know what your destiny is. But one thing I do oh, yeah. know that those who find their way to serve will be, I think he says, the happiest mm. among you or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and it's true. If we find mm. our way to serve, there's nothing like it. And um, it can be demanding. It can be difficult. It can be tough. But you know what you're doing. You know why you're doing it. I mean, there's that, there's that inner feeling of not, doing what you're meant to be doing yeah. is I think one of the most debilitating things it but yeah. it's solvable yeah. and then because people have a destiny but they can go off course with it and then you know we have to come back to what we are meant to do that's all destiny should mean really doing what we're meant to do I think that's, that's yeah it kind of comes back even to the core of this question isn't it because you mentioned you mentioned like taking our chances right and we have these choices so it implies that there is a choice and that you know we are presented with these different lessons and experiences and but we could go this way or that mm -hmm. way or, you know that's the simplistic that there's only two choices but um but doesn't that not I mean because on the one hand you know, we talk about God as all and that there's divine will. And then, but on the other hand, we're talking about having, you know, these different chances and choices that we can make through our, you know, through our experience that we have here on earth in each life. So how do we reconcile those two things? Because on the one hand, when you think of divine will, you think, well, it must all be written, certainly. Mm -hmm. No, but then, but then you think about our own free will and having choices that how can there be free will in the context of divine will? Well, we have free will um, to, to make these choices and, you know, as we're told, one of the biggest acts of free will we can take is to give up our free will. Yeah. But it still yeah. has to be an act of free will. Right. And by give up our free will, I mean, you know, not actually do necessarily what we want to do. Mm. Now, some people would look at it this way. 
to do what God wants me to do. Okay. And some people would look at it as to do what the absolute wants me to do. Or some wouldn't even believe in God or the absolute, but what karma wants me to do or what life is, what is right for me to do. You know, there's different ways of looking at that, but it's no longer just your free will. You're not just doing what you want because you want to do it. Mm. And it, it's a very, it's a strange, I, I am actually, I've been amazed by the length some people will go to their own jeopardy to exercise their free will. They'll, they'll make decisions which, you know, enable them to exercise their free will, but which are really bad for them, obviously bad for them. But they, I did it, I made my choices, and that's what they want to be able to... It's really inbuilt in the human psyche. Mm. Uh, it's an advanced step to go beyond that and saying, look, I, you know, what am I meant to do? What am I here for? You know, uh, and, and even the highest calling in the world, you won't get up every morning wanting to do it all the time. Right. Although, if you're fortunate, I consider myself very fortunate because I've been working for the Ethereum Society since 1978 full time. Okay, yeah. And I still get up in the morning, think, great, I'm going to work for the Ethereum Society. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, but you know, that's that, not, but it all, not all the time. It's not everything you're doing that you really want to do all the time. No, no one's like that. Yeah. So that's when you're giving up your free will. If it's right, if, it's, if you're doing the right thing. Another thing I would add to that is some people think that they, if they're born into a certain way of life, I mean, you get people born into crime syndicates, mm, families, or yeah. born into drug-ridden families, or whatever it might be, and of course, uh, some of them are able to break free from that, and it's a wonderful thing to see. Um, but you, you can also get people born into religions who think, well, because I'm born into this religion, that's what I am. Mm. No, you're not. Yeah. That's what you've been raised as, maybe, and now you have a choice. And um, some people find that... I think it's partly because they don't care very much, not very important to them. You know, it's far more important to them what house they buy, what car they drive, <laughs> right. and they yeah. bother about that. They'll change those things, but they won't bother to change their religion. But I think everyone really is, is able to make that, that choice, not even about what they want. I mean, I think Dr. King was very clear that he, at the time of his yoga practice period, which was 10 years of eight hours a day, he actually wasn't looking to serve at that point in his life. Uh -huh. He was looking to find samadhi, which he did. Right. And it's jolly good he did because he used it to serve right, right, entirely, right. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gave up the benefit of it in order to serve later. But uh, he admits that, but he knew he had to, and he had a calling, and he did. And in a tiny way, I was the same. I was going down a certain path, you know, at the age, only 18, but I was very intent on going down the Raja Yoga path yeah. and then found the Ethereum Society. I could see immediately yeah. this was more important. It was going to help others more. But I wasn't like, at first, oh, great. Mm. Oh, I'm going to have to give that up then. Yeah. Um, but I, I actually found that everything I gave up and far, far, far more... I got anyway through this path. Yeah, no, that's a great lesson in there, isn't it? So it's like, we do have a choice. That's the bottom line. We have a choice. But we, and it's our responsibility to use that choice uh, to advance, uh, to, yeah. uh, to, serve, to choose to serve, to choose and to... And to stay with it. That's the yes, difficult yeah, thing. And yeah. that's what people, they, they, they just, it's very rare. It's extremely rare. Mm. We're, we're going on a, a pilgrimage, which everyone's invited to, to Holston Down to celebrate the 50th anniversary 
of, that, uh, of, the, of the start of Operation Prayer are in that location. We're going on June the 25th. And, you know, we'll have a lot of people there and everybody's absolutely welcome to come. And among the people coming, there's a number of people who were there 50 years ago. Wow, yeah. Not a big number. I'm going to guess it's going to be in the region of about 10 of the people who come will have actually been there 50 years ago. But those 10 people have stuck to that course, in, I think, pretty well ever since, every week, pretty much, wow. uh, ca- continuing that path. It's a very rare thing for people to stay with any path. Um, and, and, of course, if you're on the wrong path, you shouldn't stay with it. But if it's the right path, it, that's not enough to make the right choice. You've got to stay with it all the way through to the conclusion, which is to know God. Mm, yeah, and that's not even necessarily one life, is it? That's and even a, then, you've got to carry on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we learn in the book, isn't it? That's what we learn there. So, yeah, so we're choosing almost to give up our free will to, in order to advance, to become closer to God. And we're doing that over life after life after life. Not just to the point of realization, but you know, until total, total amalgamation back yeah. with. I mean, you talk about one. the book, and you know, one of the things that amazed Dr. King, it really did surprise him, is that other teachers, including prominent theosophists and others, don't teach a concept of what you do after you gain enlightenment mm. or nirvana. And I actually think it could be very, very difficult and, and quite shocking to someone who does enter, you know, I know we're, we're leaping ahead here with Nirvana, yeah, yeah. but, you know, the ultimate state of samadhi, whatever you want to call it, the bliss state, so on, uh, total absorption in God or in Brahma. Um, you know, they are, they are led to believe in the old teaching that once you get there, you amalgamated back with divinity. And I think some of those who went down that path must have had a period of adjustment to make mm. at some stage. I don't know. I haven't been there. I haven't done that yet. Um, but we are prepared in this teaching. There's a whole concept here which you don't find, and Dr. King was surprised by this, really, in other teachings, of, of, of gaining a, an enlightened state, even beyond the... This, this book, The Nine Freedoms, these teachings go beyond even that. Uh, and then coming out of it, uh, you know, coming down from it mm. in order to serve. And you get it throughout creation, as a matter of fact, all the way through creation. Intelligences who um, don't need for their own sake. Even the avatars who've come to Earth didn't do so for their karmic benefit. Right. That's the difference between them and us. And that's, in a way, the good thing, actually, about our destiny Mm. Uh, even, and, and, the, and particularly, strange as it may sound, some of the tests is that through those, we are burning up our karma. We're getting closer to divinity. Yeah, I mean, this, this last point you said there about closer to divinity is interesting because, you know, if we, if we um, see that everything happens within this framework of divine will, even our own choices, mm. then it sort of causes us to contemplate on our, the unity between us and God how how you know one we are with the divine that you know it's not so much do we have free will or is it or is it all um you know predetermined by god in the beginning is that we are god making these choices yeah. and that um 
you know, it is, and therefore to, to come and play also on our responsibility with what we do with those choices. Yeah. And it, it starts to, you know, the real question I think then starts to emerge, which is not so much is it free will or fate, but more what are the choices that you are going to make um, in the course of your life in order to advance towards God? Exactly. And I'm going to bet there's people watching this who kind of know what they should do, mm. but don't really want to. Right. And I've yeah. come across this many, many times. Yeah. Uh, I've come across people who are like, I know such and such a thing and, you know, is really good and it's what I should be doing, but I don't really want to. What should I do about that? Mm. Because a person who wants to do what they're meant to do, a person who wants what they need is a very fortunate person, yeah. karmically fortunate person. Yeah. Um, and I've said to such questioners, well, look, actually, I've got good news for you, which is that actually you do want to do it. Mm. You just don't realize it yet. Yes. Your higher self wants it. If it's what you're meant to do, your higher self wants it. Because we don't talk much about soul repression mm. on earth. We talk about sexual repression, mental repression, right. emotional repression, yeah. and so on. But not soul repression. The soul is yearning out, the soul that determined our destiny before we were born is yearning for us, within us, to do what we're meant to be doing. And it's only a question of becoming in tune with that. And I say only, that's quite a, <laughs> yeah. quite a step. Yes, and yeah. who can claim we're always in tune with it? But there's that wonderful, for those who've ever heard of the new Lord's Prayer, there's a wonderful statement in, in it, which is, never again will I turn from my inner vision of you. Mm -hmm. That's a request made by the person praying. And that must be possible, or the Master Jesus who gave that prayer wouldn't have included it. Mm. And so that we, we have that as an aspiration. If we can then, through spiritual practices, through study, and definitely through experience, if we continue with it, we'll get closer and closer to soul attunement. And then when we have it, we'll want to do what we're born to do. I think that's a fantastic message to end on. That is what we're doing. It's attuning ourselves with our soul in that way. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Darren. Everybody, it's Darren here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, on your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.